What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy, talking about the last UFC card of the year going down this Saturday, December 17th, from the UFC Apex 14 fights headlined by Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland. And uh, nice to have Ozzy back after last week. How are we doing this week, my man? Great. Uh, you know, got over some some bad technical difficulties and runarounds, but I'm back, like you said. You know, tough, uh, tough card last week. Uh, you know, shenanigans obviously went on overall. You know, closing that with a, a card that has a lot of competitive matchups. I feel a lot of noteworthy names. I feel like uh, last week's card could have probably used you know, maybe a matchup or two uh, to swap with this week's. Consistent action, early start time, um, and hopefully uh, they carry on from like the finishes that we saw last week, carry it over to this week. Yeah, yeah, shenanigans last week. What what shenanigans are you referring to there? Hey man, the 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 thing that I saw is just like obviously the Jerry Gordon versus zone. You know, I had full support. I lost on him too. I lost on him too. But you know, the area Hawani and you know everybody saying is like the biggest robbery ever. I I thought Jerry won, but he like. The honestly, all the most of the round, the first round, Jerry won. Fight was overall close. Um, and I did say early on, I think it was after I lost on um, Kibas and the Zumagulov fight against Chef Molina that I was like, hey, I don't know what's going on with the judging this year. You know, there's something weird happening, like they're judging it differently, or you know, something's going on. Um, and it kind of carried on the whole year. And I think, you know, a lot of people have seen it. I think I saw a stat that, like, normally, like, split decisions, like, they were, like, 20% is normal. This year, it's, like, a little bit over, like, 25%, like, 26%. Um, so, I mean, the, the the biggest thing that I saw from the Patty fight was it, going into the third round, the live line was pick them. So how could it be the worst robbery of all time when going into the last round, the line was pick them. It's just like you reference the live line very often, right? You you were going on and on about the Danny Sabatello versus Stotts fight and how this and that, but no mention of how the line was pick them and, you know, and all. So what, I, I know you have very strong feelings about it, but you cannot say that Jared Gordon clearly won round two or three. He just did not. No, he. I no think way. he clearly won the third, man. I don't know. I mean, clearly, clearly, yeah. I mean, I summarized the round as. You also thought that he boss clearly lost like every round to what's no, no. That was a sarcastic. Uh, That was a sarcastic take. I don't. I don't care about that. Right, but I feel like it was kind of a similar fight. No, 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 I I mean, like, honestly, of that fight, I I mean, he boss probably won that shit. I I mean, I just bet you Kagan, so I acted like she won easily. But anyway, um, I mean, the round three, it it basically was uh, Gordon cage pushing and controlling him for four minutes. And then Patty hits a little reversal in the last 30 seconds and controls him for 30 seconds. And it's just a late round bias. I mean, I mean, actually, that's not even really what won him the round because technically he lost that round. I mean, what, you can say what you want. It was a close fight. But you just said, the first thing you said is, that Jared won round one, which almost nobody Jared clearly won round one. Clearly, clearly which almost nobody in the one. world disagrees with, except for two out of the three judges who somehow had that round for him, um, which just doesn't make any sense because Gordon was what winning I will the round. Say is, 
No, go ahead. Go ahead. Gordon was winning round one, right? Outboxing him. Left hook could have missed the whole round. Snapping Patty's head back. And you're saying, okay, he's up this round. But the, the takedown and – well, he it was actually Patty who shot the takedown. Jared hit the wizard, reversed, put ended on, on top. Yeah. You're like thinking, without a doubt, Gordon won the round. Um, but somehow the judges didn't think so. And, I mean, like wh- when you factor that in – the fact that the the round that almost everyone the most clearly universally agreed upon round of the fight was round one for Gordon, the judges still got it wrong. That's what makes it, I think, a robbery. Is like, is that ninety ninety five percent of the community is thinking round one Gordon, and somehow two of the people that matter are having it for for Patty. Yeah, I mean, obviously though, the hate for Patty definitely contributed a massive amount and. Backlash of the whole fight. Yeah, Not yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like, but also his reception to the decision is what is is you know. The thing is though, you, if you're in that fight, you see that's that's the one thing that I was like, you know, obviously I would have if it was me, I would have been like, hey man, yeah, the fight was close. No, I, when you're in there, sometimes like if you're hitting the guy, you know, he's hitting you, and you feel like you're hitting him, it's just like takes more of an effect and. No, these guys don't think that personally overall. So I don't really care. Like, you know, I would have rather him being like, "Yeah, it was a close fight." Honestly, I'd be down for them to rematch, dude, for sure. Like, you yo, ain't letting that happen, bro. There's, I don't know. I, Patty could definitely be Jared because Jared, Jared did not fight against. It's gonna fight be for I thought he fought pretty well. Um. I mean, I thought he fought very well, honestly. Um, his take, his wrestling looked ass. Like his wrestling was but trash still, enough. Like the fact he couldn't take down Patty, he did. It's crazy to me. He took, but, he took him down a few times. And solidified, bro. I mean, I just thought that he was gonna be like a much better grappler and wrestler in terms of like course of the fight. And that third round was just pathetic. I was just he he so... did enough in the third. I mean, like I said, I agree he... with you. I'm just saying the the way that he was like in on those double legs and couldn't get like I was like Jared, what the hell are you like? What are you doing? Like I feel like that another thing too is like the judges start like they maybe not deducting, but like they won't give you the lean if like you continuously go into ineffective positions. Like, no, I don't even think don't... I don't even think you can generalize it like this because the judges are all so so inconsistent. Some ju- like some judges themselves have no consistency. Like they'll score they'll score fights with similar dynamics, opposites, and then other judges score completely opposite. I mean, you can't. I mean, it's, there's almost no point in even saying that because like the... look, I thought I thought Joe, I, I thought Jared won. Duffy felt that it was a close fight. Like I was expecting. I don't think it was close. I honestly didn't think that the media, I didn't think that the media, that everybody would have had it. Like, I I have, like, another group, like, some people, they were like, yo, like, I, I could see it being 2-0 either way or 1-1. Yeah, so but was, 2-0 Patty is, is wrong. I mean, there, he did not win the first. If, you, if you think, he, if he you think Patty won round one, you don't know what you're talking about. Right? That was... I, I no, I felt super confident that, but that was another thing. I was looking at the live number and I was thinking when it was pick him, I'm like, well, Jared definitely won round one, and I feel like he should have a big edge in round three. But then I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna add into that, dude. Losing on Morono and Jared back to back was that's not it. Rough. That, that was that was definitely. I was like, come on, like 
the Morono was an amazing bet. That was great bet. So so plus EV plus so EV that losers. Fight. That's enough about last week though. Um, looks so good in that fight. I love Alex Morono. He's gonna be a freaking. <laughs> And I have like fifty fights in the UFC, dude. By that time, he's that's, that's cute. He, you're, you're his first fan in, like, in he, history. Oh, dude, that guy's a solid fighter. He he got his win bonus too. I hope Jared did as well, but they probably didn't do that. <laughs> All right. Um, this card, fourteen fights. First fight, bantamweight division: Sergey Morozov, Journey Newsom, Morozov minus two eighty two, Newsom plus two forty two. I think the line's pretty accurate. I think Morozov wins. Um, probably covers. Uh, I mean, he can just mix it up. He should really have the edge on on the feet by a, a thin margin, and he should have a big wrestling upside here. He doesn't really look for finishes though on the mat, so uh, I would be looking to play this fight. You know, probably going longer of some sort. Um, I mean, Morozov KO is the only way I see the fight finishing, and even that I don't think is super high. So I, I think it'll be a Morozov decision. You know, thirty twenty seven. What about you? Yeah, so I thought about this fight a bit. I mean, I, you know, Journey Newsom. I don't think he's he's the worst. You know, Bantamweight on the roster. He's kind of competent in a number of areas. I think he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Has kind of that some of that karate stuff going on. Keeps range okay. So I feel like Morozov. You know, he get back at that um, fight against Douglas Silva, Deandraj. He. I don't think that he actually was as close to the finish as you know a lot of people did think in that fight. So I feel like these guys could be at range a little bit. Morozov cage push looks for a takedown at some point in these rounds but i like this fight to go the distance or go over you know i think newsom on the ground can stay safe he's been he's been pretty solid on the mat and if you kind of just look at the props and stuff like that it's it's not like it's leaning too much i mean morozov inside the distance is plus 200 but i don't really i'm not really sure how accurate that is just because like i feel like it would be more like if you can't finish kalitaha easily you know i don't think newsom newsom i i I think is going to be, you know, pretty solid to stick around. So, you know, thinking about over or goes distance, I, I think I probably lean to goes distance, you know, taking a little bit of the, more of that juice out and, you know, starting off the night with, you know, hoping the first fight goes decision. So that'll make, that'll be on my betting card, uh, goes distance in the first fight. But, you know, I wouldn't leave this. I wouldn't parlay, you know, Morozov though. I feel like, you know, he could, uh, he could slip up sometimes. Maybe if he grapples a little bit too much, um, so, you know, just goes a distance in the first fight. All right, it's going to move us along. Next fight, flyweight division, David Dvorak, Manal Kopp. And the line for this one has uh, Kopp minus 250, Dvorak plus 210. What are you thinking about this one? Uh, love this flyweight fight. Didn't kind of see this one coming. You know, Manal Kopp has now been out for a year now. He's had, I think, two or three fights set up. Um, you know, I think he got popped for like some steroid, you know, whatever violation but then they took it away you know, I, one of my favorite bets that didn't come to fruition this year was him against Sumidarji. like i absolutely hammered it at like minus 150 or 60 that was gonna be such an easy winner here against the vorak though i mean i think the line's a little bit too juiced you know, i am talking to some of my guys who kind of feel good about the under and about um Dvorak getting knocked out here just because you know once cop does get going he is very dangerous overall but like i said one year layoff you know, you've seen it in a lot of a few of his fights. He just drops rounds. He gets started a little slower. You know, obviously he did exchange, you know, a lot of shots with Zuma Gulov, but that was because Zuma Gulov was kind of standing in, the, you know, staying in the pocket and exchanging with him. Where I, I think Dvorak's going to circle around a little bit, maybe mixing the clinch a, a bit. So I think I'm just in a pass on this fight overall. You know, I don't have a solid read on it, but I do think Dvorak, this line, you know, Dvorak, I feel 
at flyweight, I have him rated a little bit higher than this mark, you know, line indicates. I had Nicolau against him, but you know, he did he did close as a favorite against Nicolau, although Nicolau did look good in those last two rounds, especially. But you know, now that we, you, he's plus 210 against you know, cop, I feel like there's worse places to put your money than Dvorak at 210. But some some of my guys are very confident in the Manal Cop side, so I, I'm just going to stay away from it. Yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, Ozzy's look on the fight. I mean, Dvorak is a, a smart fighter. He he actually game plans very well. Um, but he, he uh, you know, so he's going to be circling around the cage. He's going to be, be mi- mixing in the takedowns maybe. But, I mean, Cop is getting, you know, a good amount better. You can watch his rise in fights from just a few years ago, and uh, you can see clear improvements. He's much harder to take down and control now than he was uh, just, you know, five fights ago. So I don't think I'm too concerned about the layoff. He was supposed to have that one fight against Sue, but it got canceled. So I think Manel is probably going to be fine, and his career is still going to be going upwards. Um, It's just just a tough matchup for Dvorak because Kopp, he hits a lot harder. He's more explosive. He has those big flying knees and big moments that just steal him rounds at times. And uh, that could happen here. Dvorak could be fighting a good round, you know, sticking and moving, and then Kopp steals it with some big moments. So, um I think a uh, cop being the favorite is right. Maybe, you know, minus 190, 65% instead of 70% is accurate. So there is value on Dvorak. And um, the line's not out yet, but this decision only line when it comes out on DraftKings uh, will be a good one. Look out for that one if you have DK. And that's going to move us along to. I, go ahead. Not, not, 93, 93 kid versus 92 kid. So advantage, advantage cop. So that might be why the, he's more juiced here. So. No, something to consider for sure. Yeah, and if uh, if if this goes to decision, Manel Cop uh, has never won a decision, if I'm correct. So if it goes to, oh, he's one in four in this. One in four. Oh, really? He's one one. Interesting. Okay. Well, still, if it <laughs> but one in four is off. If it goes, That's if it goes so to bad. the decision, uh, it might be a checkmate for uh, David Dvorak. So uh, welterweight fight next. Brian Battle taking on Renat uh, Fakhradinov. Flying for this one. Fakhradinov minus one forty-five. Battle plus one twenty-five. Uh, I think uh, Fakhradinov should you know do his thing here, get the takedowns, lay and pray, probably win via decision. Um, I could see him hurting Battle on the feet because we really haven't seen Battle tested at all at 170 yet. And Battle is just a guy who fights, you know, really close. He's going to have close exchanges back and forth. He, he's he got good cardio. He's got, you know, pretty good uh, resistance in the cage. He knows how to battle back when he's losing fights. So he's going to win a lot of fights and stick around. I just think that he's always going to be a guy who is fighting close and isn't going to have a whole lot of upside. While here, Renat hitting those takedowns, he could look like a big favorite. Um, so I think Renat should be pretty good here. Um, I, I like battle though. I wouldn't, wouldn't be, you know, um, it wouldn't be the worst thing for him to win this fight, but he has taken it on short notice. It's a pretty bad stylistic matchup for him. Brian battle just a few fights ago was getting taken down and controlled by Gilbert Urbina, who, you know, is, is nowhere near UFC level. So I'll take Renat to grapple to a decision. This, I love this fight. This is a pretty interesting fight. I mean, I usually with these, uh, tough, I don't, I mean, I haven't been keeping track, but usually the track is not fight dudes like Hinat is having them fight bums like uh but this is definitely a tough fight, man. Like um, you know, Hinat freaking killed Icely in that fight, in that looking whatever they call that. What was that? What was that called? Looking for it's not looking for a fight, is it? Yeah, looking for a fight. Um you know, the guy is 
decent stand-up. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's got... I don't think his stand-up is the worst, but an absolute grinder, you know, really gets you against the fence. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a co- competitive fight. I felt like the early number on Hinat was was solid because just the stylistic, you know, um, the stylistic uh, challenges that he does bring um, I think is, is difficult for Battle. But Battle, you know, he fought a few grapplers, right? He fought... um. Petrovsky, but I mean, he did get taken down by uh, by even Trishan Gore, I think, in the second round. I rem- if I remember yeah. correctly of of their fight, yeah, he got taken down there. He seems confident in his submission grappling. We did have someone tell us that he is a very good submission grappler, right? Your boy, you know, I hope his knees feeling better. Um, you know, so 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 we you know we did have that happen. Um, but I I still like him not here, but I also kind of like the over because battle seems kind of tough finish i don't think he's a quitter there as well um and you know frakadinov i think could take the pedal off the foot off the gas a bit um you know he he is a big 170 i think this is gonna be his second 170 fight and battle does have pretty good cardio so i feel like he could come out strong maybe not push for the finish uh later on in the fight uh as well and then this goes to decision so Another fight that I kind of like to go the distance. Well, do, do you have an opinion on that, on, on, on a finish versus a decision? Here? I think the price on on GTD is, is way better. I, I, I'm going to have a ticket on. I have a little bit of the money line for uh, Hanat, but I'm going to take this decision line. You know, if it stays at this 200 number, I feel him by decision. You usually don't get guys with this kind of style um, by decision, especially against it. I feel battle is kind of like a neutralizer. He's kind of like... He's not Darren Elkins, don't get me wrong, but kind of like a guy that he'll take what you're you're giving him and then kind of try to battle back, ba- no, no <laughs> pun intended, battle back and chip away. Um, so I kind of like uh, Hinat here by decision. Yep, I, juice at this at this number. I agree. And then the next fight's going to be in the lightweight division. We got Mahashate taking on uh, Rafa Garcia. I feel like Mahashate could be a, a Hispanic nickname of some sort, uh, but uh, yeah. I, I still want to know what the hell that means. What does Mahashate mean? We gotta, we gotta get to the bottom of it. Um, Hoffa Garcia minus one thirty six, Mahashate plus one sixteen. Your turn to start this one off. What are you thinking here? Cool fight. I mean, you right off the bat. I don't think Mahashate is good. You know, he's training over at um, what's it called Kill Cliff. You know, I think he he's he's messing with the Chinese guys, Shadelan and and uh, what's the other guy? Uh, Lee. I just don't think this guy's good. When I see him striking, he's got a little bit of power, but that's his bad. He kind of leaves his chin out there. You know, when he's kind of exchanging, I, I feel like, you know, the defensive tendencies that I would expect from a good striker, I don't see see them with him. So, I mean, I, I, I took a little Hoffa, you know, at minus 115. I think he's the right side here. I mean, the guy is always training. He trains at elevation as well. He's a pretty solid wrestler. I think on the ground, he's much better than Mahashate. And I just feel like he's not going to be there to be hit. Like, you know, in the fight against uh, Close, I feel Close is just kind of like stocky. And that's just a bad matchup for him uh, or a much tougher matchup for him than here. Um, so I just think he's going to take Mahashate down, even if they're striking. Like, I feel... In the later rounds, after he maybe takes some wind out of the sales of Mahashate, I feel like he could probably leg kick this tall ass dude. But it's gonna be easy for him to get get on this guy's legs. I feel so. I like Hafa Garcia here. Probably not that much value left on him. Um, but I am considering if I want to bet on him to win by decision here. 
or if he's going to submit him. But I feel like I'm not sure. So I might just leave it alone, not take any props. But I feel like Hoffa's going to beat this guy. Yeah, um, I think that another decision only here on Garcia is going to be really good. I, I feel like this one's going to be fairly juiced um, because their decision lines actually... You know, it's only plus 165 versus 35 for Mahashate. So there's a chance we might get a, a playable line on Garcia uh, by decision only. Because I feel like if it's going the full 15 minutes, that likely means that Garcia is getting a good amount of wrestling going. And what you were just saying about sub, I'm pretty sure sub is, is fairly unlikely here for Garcia. Um, because Mahashate, he he scrambled a bit. He defended all right in his one loss um, versus uh, the Russian guy. Um, the Russian guy is, you know, four and one since then. He just looks like a good grappler, a typical Russian guy who, you know, knows how to uh, control the wrist and drag guys back to the ground. And he fought that guy really early in his career, and he hasn't fought any grapplers since then. So I think like Mahashate's grappling is a, a pretty huge question mark here because we've only really seen it in one fight. It might be, you know, it might remain very bad as we saw in that fight, or that might be an outlier, and that guy might be actually really good at, at out grappling uh, guys. So the I think the size difference, though, is going to make it hard for, you know, Garcia to uh, establish a lot of positions here. Like, if he takes Mahashate down, I see Mahashate just, you know, putting his hands on the mat, standing back up and getting back up to his feet, uh, going to the cage. Just Garcia is probably going to grind his way out to a decision victory here. Um, if he loses, he's probably going to get, you know, knocked out on the feet. He does have a blockhead, does have to, uh, know how to take uh, a lot of damage in the cage. But um, I just can't see him sticking around for 15 minutes if Mahashate is out outboxing him. So uh, Gar- Mahashate fucking sucks, bro. The fuck? He's not knocking this guy out, bro. That dude fucking sucks. I don't, dude. It's a, I mean, the, the face-offs is going to be Good, like. Bro, he f- Boxes Achilles. This dude Achilles. That guy sucks too. And he couldn't hurt. He, did he even hurt that guy on the feet? I don't feet? think so. No, no. Just fucking. I think round two. Round two. He might have. I'm hurt gonna him, plan. But... That's my. That's what I'm planning. I'm planning my flag on Mahashate sucks. So yeah, I think half Garcia is gonna beat him easily. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be easy. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think he sucks. Be, I don't, because I mean, he's he landed. He landed less than thirty percent of his shots fight against that was a robbery that guy beat him no no he didn't no Achilles. he lost he won round one and then lost the last two rounds i think the third round would nothing really happen though so it's possible but um that's enough about that one um is not good um amazing fight here saeed versus saeed uh bantamweight division uh nurmagomedov versus kakramanov uh, near pick'em line here, Kakramanov kind of pushing to the favorite now, minus 116, Nurmagomedov minus 104. I took some um, Kakramanov plus 100. Um, this guy in his last fight, um, I just had a realization. I bet Ronnie Lawrence against this guy, and I said, man, not only did I make an awful, awful bet on Hon- uh, Ronnie Lawrence, but I don't want to be betting against this guy anytime soon because Saeed Yacoub is, he's like a phenom, honestly. This guy, his strength just looks crazy. Like, the way he was able to just easily get that body lock and rip Hani Lawrence to the ground, and he out-wrestled Hani and made it look like the guy didn't know how to wrestle or grapple at all, when that's really Ronnie's strong suit. So, I mean, that was a really eye-opening victory. Um, I think just this guy is just going to continue to level up. I mean, uh, he's uh, making his presence known on Twitter. Guys, you know, buy trilingual or some shit. Um, I think he's just gonna, you know, keep ascending and uh, don't really have any um, 
eloquent analysis for this one, except for I think Kakramanov is just built different here. He's probably going to take Saeed down. Saeed is just a guy who he's going to have flashy finishes on guys, but I think if the fight gets extended and it's actually like a 15 minute fight, he's going to start to, you know, fall apart a little bit and, you know, look kind of sloppy with all that, all those spinning attack. He just goes to the spinning attacks way too often. And I think he can be taken down off of them. And, um, I don't even think his, his striking process on the feet outside of those spinning attacks isn't even that good. So give me Kakramanov to, uh, you know, bulldoze his way to a decision here. Very, very interesting fight here. And, um, yeah, you know, a few of the things you said, obviously I, I, I have the same, I have the same feelings. I mean, Saeed is a guy I have not, you know, liked overall in his UFC career. Kakramanov though, you know, I will say, you know, the Hani Lawrence one, I the win is a little weird just because Honey Lawrence said, you know, okay, I have the staff, whatever, antibiotics, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, Saeed Yakut or Kakramanov said that he put him down because he felt like how weak he felt, like right, like immediately, like early on. Is anything to do with like the condition, you know, Ronnie Lawrence was in? But whatever, I don't give a shit. Because Saeed, you know, I just think he's got back cardio, you know, which is terrible to have at the 135 division. Like you said, I mean, his game. What very well uh, positioned because he's got a great left kick, right? He almost kicked Douglas in the head multiple times, including in like the last like five seconds. He's got a great left left kick. And then he, you know, with that, he kind of comes back with the spinning back kick as well. Um, and then he's got the spinning back fist, you know, coming from like the other direction. But that's really all he does, right? He kind of switches his stance back and forth. So he'll do a, a, a rear left kick and then a lead left kick and, you know, all this stuff. But his hands, I feel, are kind of trash. His submission grappling, although he did choke out um, Cody Stamen, you know, Cody, sometimes his submission grappling, I don't think it's at the level of uh, Kakramanov's. And I just feel like Kakramanov, he's going to be, you know, coming in tight on him, you know, landing a lot of these shots, you know, in close with his hands. And then when he, I think if they get in close, I think he's going to be able to take him down, you know, kind of, not easily, but I just feel if they're exchanging grappling, which I feel Saeed will willingly exchange grappling positions with him, I feel like Kakramanov is gonna is gonna control those eventually. Maybe early on, it's a little bit hard for him to track him down. But I I just don't think that um, Saeed is gonna like the kind of fight that's coming to him. You know, he kind of gassed against Douglas. I felt, and uh, and yeah, I just don't like the guy overall as a fighter. Um, so, you know, I've been waiting though, because, you know, at pick on I, I felt like maybe people would bet Saeed a little bit. I'm gonna move in eventually on, uh, Saeed Yokub and take him, you know, here. What do you think about this fight going the distance though? It should. Right? Man, we're just picking all overs, like, all overs here. Yeah, but I feel like Saeed, I don't think he's getting, he's easy to fi finish, so. No, no. Like I might have a little bit of on uh I might split it between money line on Kamanov and some of this decision line as well. Um next fight is in the middleweight division, Julian Marquez, uh Darren win, Duran win. Um Marquez minus one seventy four win plus one forty nine. Uh, I mean it's amazing that these two fuckers are fighting in the UFC still, but what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so they fought on the same Austin card and both got brutally, brutally finished. I mean, obviously, Deron Wynn, the worst beating um, that he took. Insane that he, I mean, he's going to retire off of that, honestly. Especially with the, what was going on after with Phil Hawes talking shit, Daniel Cormier, yada, yada. 
But man, I really want to fade the wrong win again, but I just can't do it with Julian Marquez. Like he's just just like a mad fighter. He's associated with James Krause as well. So you never know what's going on there um, either. You know, Deron, when he does have the best attribute in this fight and with, with obviously the wrestling, but his cardio just doesn't look height. that great. Uh, yeah, the height. But um, his, his cardio just doesn't look great to me. You know, I mean, fucking Marquez round three is, I mean, they think that the, they line this fight as Marquez is definitely finishing him. Like, even if it goes to decision, like, we still win that as well. Just because, I mean, they're obviously not scoring control, right? Hugging, right? If fucking Douglas Crosby or whoever it is is judging. So even if Deron Wynn is just hugging him like he, he was doing against, um, I think Arroyo is, right? He beat Arroyo by decision, yeah. right? Or who? Yeah. Yeah, if he's just doing that against the fence, like, or, or like has him sitting down with like, like are they gonna score that for him? I don't know. So I mean, I can't bet on the wrong win. No way. So it's definitely uh, Marquez or pass. But I'm just passing on this fight. Yeah, I mean, passing is the only option. This fight is awful. These guys both are terrible. I guess Marquez will win just by being, you know, a little more opportunistic. This guy always like loses and loses, and then finds a way to turn it around and finish it. I'll give him credit for that. He does seem pretty good at that. Win, not so much. Not really. Uh, much of a, a a guy who's known for his comeback, so I guess I'll go Marquez. Um, fight sucks. This is the worst fight. Worst fight in history. Um, next fight, uh, welterweight division: Jake Matthews, Matt Semmelsberger. Odds for this one: Matthews is the favorite, minus two sixty three. Semmelsberger plus two twenty three. Kind of think the line's accurate here. No real strong thoughts. I think uh, Matthews will win. Um, it's just a matter of uh, ITD versus decision. You know, some of his fights, he's uh, really aggressive, looking for finishes, throwing haymakers. Some fights, he's extremely passive and laying and praying. Um, you know, his last fight, he was going at Filio, uh, throwing, you know, massive punches, you know, knocking him out. Uh, looked ter- terrific there. It's just a matter of, is he going to keep that up, uh, keep that aggression up and look for more finishes? Or is he going to go back to his old passive ways? You do never know. With uh, Jake Matthews, a little bit of a head case, um, but uh, one of Kugabe's good friends, um, you know, his, his the only guy that Kugabe believes in from Australia. So that's that's uh, you know something to consider here. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, there's no way I I trust Jake Matthews, especially off a of beating down on Fialo. Like who the like who cares that he beat that dude down? Like I feel like the biggest thing here is that. Salzburger just looks so shitty on the ground versus AJ Fletcher or Fletcher. I think that Matthews could be able to like win easily on the ground if he does shoot takedowns, but I'm not sure if he's shooting takedowns. Like he d- he did against um Neil Meek back in the day. I think he took down Diego Sanchez a bunch of times. Not really sure about this guy's overall wrestling. Like I've never really been that impressed with his grappling or his wrestling. These guys are just boxing or on the feet. I feel like Semmelsberger is very live. Tips like Jake Matthews is, dude, he's not that good on the feet. Like, he showed one time that he was kind of willing to sit down on shots and stuff like that. But I just don't trust this guy. So, you know, people might parlay him and do all those things. But I don't know. I mean, obviously, Semmelsberger has no, not good defense. He does not have good defense on the feet. So, you know, even though I was thinking about this goes distance or over again, yet another one, I just, dude, 
Jake Matthews inside the distance plus one sixty five. I feel like that's crazy. Like there's no line. way out. Yeah. There's no way I would want to bet that. Like that's insane. But they do have his him by submission price low. And like I said, Summersberger looked really bad on the ground against uh, Fletcher. So the dog shot. But I mean, if if they stay on the feet, I feel this is a pretty close fight. Yeah, it will be. A I don't think fight. it'll be a blowout. Yeah. Um. But this is a fight where, honestly, looking at the lines, props top to bottom, I don't see a single line that is, like, interesting uh, enough to bet. So, um, next fight, women's fight, Cheyenne Vismalus, a.k.a. Cheyenne Delizzi taking on Corey McKenna. Odds for this one, Cheyenne minus 190, McKenna plus 165. Seems like a pretty binary matchup to me, Ozzy. What, what are you thinking here? The, the striker or the grappler is going to win this one? Yeah, so, I mean, I prefer Cheyenne overall to win this fight. Obviously, she's a favorite, so not crazy, you know, crazy take there. Just the fact that um, Corey McKenna outgrappled, like, two of the worst girls on the roster and Elise Reed and uh, Ranger, like, literally tell me nothing about her at all, you know. Um, and she lost to Elise Yeah, Reed she didn't fight, even outgrapple crazy. her, yeah. Yeah, she couldn't even, like, finish that fight at all and stuff. And Miranda Granger, like, she... The fact that Miranda Granger was fighting at 115 or whatever it was was crazy. Obviously, was so weak in that fight. So, I mean, I don't think Cheyenne's that bad of a grab. That's why, look, I was shocked when she was getting headlocked by... Uh, what's her name? Louise. Um, so, I kind of think that she will win this fight. I'm considering her by decision here because... Although she does have some good strikes right she kicked my girl um ddp GD, gdp in the face pretty hard i just feel like she kind of is going to be a little bit hesitant to, she doesn't want to let this girl get in on her hips so i feel it'll go it should go over um i kind of like cheyenne but i wouldn't lay the juice because i don't do that on women's fights so i'm gonna just pass because i can't get i mean dk has a plus 105 her by decision but i'm gonna just pass like fuck that like i'm gonna just enjoy the fight if i can if they you know have you know <laughs> if they allow you to so, yeah if they allow me to so yeah i mean i not that many thoughts I, as i said in the intro i mean it's it's striker versus grappler here if mckenna doesn't get this fight to the floor you know she's pretty fucked so i, I kind of understand why she's the dog here uh it definitely makes sense but i still think that there's a good chance that she can get this fight to the floor i just don't understand how anybody could be comfortable betting cheyenne as a favorite um, at this price, you know, I, I know some people out there got maybe minus 130, which I think is good. I think, you know, minus 150 for her here probably makes more sense than 190. But um, like like Ozzy mentioned, the Ruiz fight, I mean, basic head and arm throws, terrible takedowns that shouldn't work, holding her in that scarfold position. I mean, I don't I don't know many blue belts out there that don't know how to escape that scarfold position right away. I mean, it's it's an extremely basic Gracie 101, Jiu-Jitsu 101 position. Like the soccer moms at the 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 Jiu-Jitsu schools are learning how to escape that position all day. So the fact she couldn't do that and lost that fight was just insane and embarrassing. And I think that you got to be really weary of her, you know, going forward. I mean, I've been training with Holman though. You see Holman's grappling. That shit is legit. Yeah, and that guy has fucking mythical powers, as we are, we are all you know realizing after losing countless wagers betting against uh, Delidze. She, I know she might. This is gonna be a fight where she's like losing like the first like thirteen minutes, and then she ends up like triangling uh, McKenna from bottom. Um, just from just with the power of Delidze. Actually, it really it really depends if Delidze's in the corner for this fight. You might as well just go all in on on Cheyenne. Um, so. 
maybe look out for that. That's really the real analysis here. Well, they love Cheyenne in the UFC, bro. So I feel like there might be some not home cooking, but want her to like they might show up here to get a win, like a conspiracy theorist and all this shit. But mm. the, she, her, and Mallory Martin got a fucking the night bonus bro you know they're looking out for shine well i i understand more i understand martin because she's really really bad but i I don't know i mean mckenna's mckenna at least she has a a fairly clear idea of like what to do consistently like she wants to get the fight to the floor she'll shoot takedowns um i actually think mckenna by sub at 11 to 1 isn't isn't that bad um, you know, if the fight gets to the floor, you know, we know that Cheyenne is pretty clueless on how to escape bad positions. So, uh, sub 11 to one, not bad for a girl who's going to grapple. Um, so the next fight takes place, uh, first fight on the main card. Wow. I can't believe this made the main card. Um, middleweight division, C- Cody Brundage, McCall, Ola Jachuk, McCall, the favorite minus 275, Brundage plus 235. Actually, maybe I take that back. I know why they put um, McCall oh, yeah, as the fir- first fight because McCall just fucking comes out the gate firing. This dude, he he just is a uh, a constant pressure fighter. He throws hands. He has power. He digs to the body. He's a good boxer. You know, um, he's he's not really a great grappler. He's not great in late in fights, and he is a tad unproven at this 185 weight class. But I think to just the the pressure, the boxing uh, is probably going to make Cody Brundage extremely uncomfortable, and he's probably going to get outboxed and probably knocked out here pretty pretty early on. I bet on Brundage in his last fight. I have no problem admitting it was a bad bet. It was a bad bet that miraculously won. Some people some people don't don't like saying that these days. Some people really don't like saying that these days. Bad bet. It was a miracle that it won and it's probably uh it's probably the end of the Cody Brundage uh, you know, uh ass pull finish run here because uh McCall is probably going to pound his face in. So, uh it seems like a matter of under or over one and a half is the main question in this fight. What are you thinking about that, Ozzy? Brundage sucks. I don't think this guy's good. Like, he kind of, he doesn't do anything well, in my opinion. You know, every one of his fights, if you look at him, like, he got bet against. He never looks value. Even his LFA fight. Never, um, I think his cardio is bad. Um, and I feel like McCall, I'll go back to my old adage, he hits people and they fucking go down. You saw that Gansantov dude. That dude looked stacked, looked strong, looked, you know, aggressive. Man, that guy really wanted that fight to end. He really <laughs> wanted that fight to end. And he, he just quit, dude. He got hit with not a clean uppercut. Just went down. He was like, I quit. I'm done. I feel like Cody Brundage is going to do the same thing. You know, obviously, he came out, shot a takedown right away on Trishon Gore. Not keep him down. Could not put in hooks. You know, I just don't feel his grappling is all that good. You know, Jimmy Crew had to, you know, Matt return uh, Mikal numerous times um, there. And, you know, obviously, Mikhail's not good on the ground. So if he's getting taken down consistently, it's probably bad for him. I just feel that Cody Brundage is not going to be able to keep up with the pace. You know, maybe he could land a big shot. Obviously, right, he knocked out Trishan. But I feel like he's going to be flinching. He's going to be, you know, he's just going to get knocked out, I feel. So I don't think Mikhail by knockout minus 120 is bad because I just see no way that he lasts 15 minutes with Mikhail. There's It's just not happening. So... I I'm gonna bet him by knockout. I don't give a fuck. I like I it. I'm, I'm I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell. We there's minus one hundred five out there though on on DK. Yeah. 
I don't give a shit, dude. He's not lasting. Like, if I lose, it's like, all right, cool. What, whatever. Like, if if Macau wins by decision, I'll be shocked, bro. I'll be absolutely shocked. So I just feel like Macau's gonna hit this guy enough times to put him down. Not gonna get taken down consistently, and be huffing and puffing in these fights. Uh, Cody Brundage, and he's in on short notice. I know, obviously, he fought um fought fight that long ago, and I think he had a fight get canceled as well. I don't really remember. I just assume Macau's gonna knock his ass out. So. I, I think the, I, I like think the last fight I was betting uh, a a McCall KO over Alvin, and you were like, you know what? Let yeah, let's do it. And I'm pretty sure we were like losing early mm-hmm. on that card, and I remember just doubling down on that, and it looked like the easiest bet of the century. Poor Sam Alvey, man. He's knocking out Cody Brundage, bro. And Cody was scheduled against Adolfo, so. And if you think about the line, like Macau was even favored over. Ryev, who's way better than Cody Brundage. Yeah. So I don't think that line is that wrong, honestly, because Brundage sucks. Yeah, it's not. The, the the money line is probably right. Um, next fight, fight of the century, greatest fight, um, possibly ever. Uh, lightweight division, Drew Dober, Bobby Green, just two absolute studs. Um, the line here, Dober minus one fifty, Green plus one thirty. You can talk about this one first. This fight, I wish they put it on the pay per view last week. I don't know why they didn't. You know, with Sean and Mick, obviously, you know, they're mailing it in at the end of the year. But, you know, cool fight. Cool fight. Winner. Honestly, if if uh, Michael Chandler doesn't get the, what's it called, the uh, counter fight, winner should fight Chandler. You know, good step back. Winner should fight Chandler. So, you know, I was leaning overall Drew Dober this week just because I feel like the power advantage and the fact that the kicks also that Dober brings to the table, I feel... You know, Bobby Green has fought a few guys like Nasrad and Alayakena and freaking... I mean, you saw when Fiziev was throwing those kicks. I, I'm not saying it gave him a hard time, but it definitely, um, I feel like, is uh, gives him something more to think about with kind of the defense that he puts out there. But the more I kind of thought about it this week, I, I, I kind of am going to lean over to the over just because I don't think Drew Dober can be knocked out, especially not by a guy like... Uh, Bobby Green. And I feel like, you know, I could see this fight being a little bit close. You know, Drew Dober does have good cardio. Um, but I could see, you know, maybe, you know, the uh the the judges like liking some of the stuff that, you know, Bobby Green does, maybe making it one one, a close fight. I just don't really think Drew Dober's gonna hit Bobby Green clean enough. You know, Bobby Green, he doesn't go that he's not that crazy aggressive. Uh, early on, you know, he does pick it up later in the fights. But Drew Dober also is kind of patient, even with, you know, he has fights against like Rafael Alves, who's doing a bunch of stuff. And, you know, in there, I feel like he could, he doesn't get that, you know, over his skis and kind of throwing shots. So I'm going to bet the over. I might bet a little bit of Dober by decision just or Dober money line just to have a rooting interest because I do lean Dober. But I like the, the goes distance in this fight because t- two tough guys, well schooled, well seasoned. Good defense. Well, Dober doesn't have great defense, but his chin is insane. So with that, yeah, I mean, I agree with what I see saying, but I'm not, I'm gonna try not to bet on this fight just because these guys are are like I was saying, absolute studs. Some of like the most beloved guys in like all of MMA. I feel like I don't know anybody that dislikes either of these guys, and if you do, honestly, you've got you might have some internal issues you need to work on. But um, you know, I just think it's gonna be an amazing fight. I think that uh, Dober. You know, being the guy who who kind of pressures more and lands the bigger shots consistently might be the thing that gets him this decision. Um, you know, Bobby Green though is very comfortable fighting uh, southpaws, uh, and he's 
he's going to be landing his own shots here. He just doesn't land with the same type of impact and uh, and tenacity that Drew Dober does because uh, he's, he's moving backwards a lot. He's darting in and out. Drew Dober really plants his feet. He moves forward and he lands big punches. So I think that's probably what, what gives Dober the slight advantage here. Um, the durability as well as, as Ozzy was saying. Dober might get, you know, wobbled a little bit, but this guy's chin is granite. Uh, you know, McKinney tried to use the powers uh that be to, to knock him out and almost did in the first 60 to 90 seconds of that fight but drew dober still recovered from that and beat that ass later that round so i just feel uh dober at this point um more durable uh, and uh you know more impact behind his punches is probably going to win him this fight but it also wouldn't shock me if if bobby green uses that finesse and just lands you know some more volume and uh you know maybe you know lands you know 1.5 strikes to every one of dobers and that edges him this decision here so it's going to be an amazing fight i see it being a close decision for either guy i wouldn't get too invested on either side here and um you know this is just a great matchmaking by the ufc but like ozzy should have said should have been on the pay-per-view man these guys deserve that spotlight um and maybe even main event honestly so um next fight featherweight division uh another fight with two studs two well-liked guys um Two guys that are 5-1 and one in the UFC in their past six fights. Uh, Julian Arosa taking on Alex Caceres. Arosa minus 163. Caceres plus 143. Um, so I just like both these guys a lot. And nice to see them succeed. They've always been kind of, you know, journeymen, middle-of-the-road type fighters. But, you know, 5-1 and one in their past six in the UFC. They're really coming into their own, winning fights. And, you know, looking just like better fighters. Finally, you know, finally some guys who are... Uh, they had weaknesses throughout their entire career, but uh, they're actually putting together really, you know, solid wins these past few fights. Um, I kind of think the line is right. I think that uh, Erosa is the better striker of the two. I think this fight is bound to go in the clinch a lot. It's going to be in the small cage. Both these guys like clinching. Um, Caceres likes the clinch to, to grapple. Erosa, uh, he'll do both. He'll strike from the clinch or he'll grapple. But I just see this fight playing out with a lot of time against the fence, grinding, trading positions back and forth and it'll be a very high tempo fight these guys are going to be in each other's faces the entire time but i still think it is going to go over two and a half make it to the decision and it'll be uh, a fight that i could think is going to be determined on hustle i think erosa does uh hustle better in fights but also i could see you know the long limbs of caceres the the clinch positions leading to some caceres back takes that win him the fight um, I think these guys are, are going to, you know, mix it up in the grappling, the clinch, the, the striking. It's going to be close. I see Arosa getting his hand raised, uh, but I, I don't see any any value on um, the money lines here. I think it's pretty accurately priced. Uh, the GTD, as we've been saying all podcasts, I think is, uh, is good here. It's just like... Erosa's chin has to be the biggest concern, right? He, sometimes he gets knocked out early, but Caceres is not a super hard puncher. Uh, we saw Caceres take a beating from Sadiq in his last fight. He's very durable uh, and hard to finish historically. So I think unless these guys are submitting each other, they're going to make it the full 15. Um, so if you like the ITD, the under, I would probably advise taking some of that end sub as well, which is uh, out there at plus 330 on some some books. So um, what are you thinking here, Ozzy? Yeah, cool fight. Um, you know, I think uh, Rose is the better wrestler here. You no, know, Bruce Leroy never really was, you know, th that's never been his strong suit, strong point. Um, and I just feel like it, it, it's kind of an interesting fight, but I do th feel like, like you said, it's going to go over just because, you know, Caceres, he's historically, I'd say he's taken like 
is hard to finish. You know, I think Choi Choi did drop him, I think, and then he kind of came back on him, or it was like a headbutt. I forget. But uh, but Arosa just doesn't have that much power, even though he has a lot of finishes. He his punches, you know, just don't have crazy amount of power. It's like a lot of times, knee or a head kick or something like that. Should be a great fight overall. Um, I do lean towards Arosa. I just think he mixes up better you saw you know Caceres he was getting leg kicked by Sadiq and clinch and stuff like that and didn't have too much of a response there I do think he has improved a lot though late on later late in his uh career looked at his career he's actually made made a decent amount of money um but some of these guys like you know his win streak is like Chase Hooper and Austin Springer like who the hell is that Kevin Kroom <laughs> the, inf- the infamous Kevin Kroom so I just like uh, Arosa better overall. You know, I think his recent performances have been have been better. Um, and and yeah, so I lean his way. I, I feel like if I would be interested, maybe in the money line on him, just because I think it's hard for Boosie Roy to put in put together a lot of against him to win this fight. And uh, and yeah, so I, I'll pick Arosa here and potentially bet him or maybe a, him by decision. Yeah, Rose is a guy, though, never an easy bet to make as a favorite. He's a great dog historically. Whenever he's a dog, it's like he's always getting underrated. Uh, but it's rare you see him as a favorite. So, um, Caceres also in that role, though, usually underrated as a dog. So look out for that. When, when, winner should fight Billy Q. I want Billy Q versus Arosa. That's, that's good. Yeah, see. that's a good idea. Very good idea. Um, next fight, flyweight division, Amir Abazi taking on Alessandro Costa. Costa making his UFC debut. Uh, the odds for this one, 426 favored for Albazi, plus 326 for Costa as a dog. So uh, you watch any footage of Costa? Do you got any opinions on Abazi? Yeah, I mean, I saw, obviously I saw his contender fight. That fight freaking sucked. That other guy was awful. Like the fact, That was like a split decision, right? I don't know. It was close. And I was like, this, like people were telling me this guy was the goods. I didn't see it. Again, people are telling me that this line is too wide in the fight. I've been very high on Amir Albazi overall. You know, I think this guy is very, very good. I think he could compete with the top echelon of the division. I think he will do that as well. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing him against the winner of that earlier fight, maybe against uh, maybe Cop or Dvorak. I feel, um, I feel like he's just gonna be able to grind this guy out. I mean, Costa. You know, he has some good skills, right? He's got like a black belt in jiu-jitsu and all this stuff. But I feel like Albazi, the pressure that he puts on in the grappling is a little bit different. He mixes up the ground and pound with it pretty well. He's very good friends with the Bosch Rock guys as well. Um, and I just think that they're doing better stuff than Col- like a guy like Costa is. I feel like Costa is like a very generic, like 125 fighter. And he's really not that great at, you know, putting all his skills together. So while he is decent overall, I feel Abazi's going to beat him, but no interest in betting the fight, honestly. I looked at the props, not really interested in anything, so I'll I'll pass on it overall. Yeah, I like what you said about Costa just being generic. He just seems like a generic offensive striker, right? I mean, I have seen him, you know, sit down on some shots and knock some guys out. Obviously, his last fight was like a five-second knockout, just completely nuked a guy. But in that uh, that Luna fight on the Contender Series, just it, he's very reliant on those big knockdowns, those knockouts. He 
in between those big moments, he really doesn't do a whole lot, doesn't have a high work rate, doesn't throw a whole lot of strikes. And that's why you saw that Luna fight was a split decision. Just not a whole lot happened in that fight. So uh, I think outside of a knockout, it's going to be pretty hard for him to beat out Bazi here. I just think the, the work rate difference between the two of them is going to make it, you know, very difficult for Costa to win a decision. And, uh, you know, Albazi's a prospect. This guy's, you know, real, real good. Um, you know, might be getting to the point where we can't even call him a prospect. He might be a contender real, uh, real soon here because, uh, he's been racking up wins. I think he's undefeated in the UFC, right? Um, maybe he has one loss. When was he Brave. born? When, 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 when do you think he was born, uh, Martian? Yeah, I see. I'm seeing it. Nineteen ninety-three. Um, I, don't know, I thought he was younger than that. I thought he was like 25, 27 or something. What, so that makes him a 20. Can't I mean, tell with these Middle Eastern guys, bro. Yeah. Can't tell. They look they look 40, all of them. That's true. 25. Yeah, they get the, they get their beards <laughs> at like nine years old uh, there, I think. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think Albasi shouldn't have much trouble here. You know, obviously not endorsing him as at minus 425, but I think he will win. His knockout price got steamed. Some people were betting it at nine to one earlier in the week, all the way down to four to one now. Um, I don't see any way to play Albazi, honestly. I, I think all of his lines are about right. Uh, and if you like Costa at all, you, I think you should be taking the ITD at 750 because, as I mentioned, with the, the work rate, the, di the the decision differential here, I think the ITD is I the way to I could see him landing a big punch. Yeah, I could see yeah. Costa landing a big punch. I could see that. Yeah, I hope he does. I hope he brings it, you know, fights the mouthpiece, fights fights hard, and uh, makes it entertaining because he's definitely outgunned here. Um, time for the co-main event, another incredible matchup here. I think, you know, Prob Dober and Green end this fight. Probably better choices for a main event than our actual main event. But we got um the was he Armenian Arman Sarukian taking on uh, Demir Ismagulov the Kazakh, and we have uh, Sarukian minus one eighty four Ismagulov plus one fifty nine. Um, you know, two really really quality fighters here. Um, interested to see how they match up. Um, one thing I'll say about the matchmaking is that for Ismagulov, they've actually been building him at a steady pace. He's been, you know, chugging along, getting better fighters each and every fight. And he beat Guram last fight. And, you know, this is good for him. He's working his way up. He's fighting Sarukian. But for Tarukian, he just fought Gamrot. He, you know, tough, a tough opponent, and he got a little unlucky with that decision there. And now he just has to fight another, you know, black horse type of guy, uh, or a dark horse type of guy. Um, black horse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to, uh, in uh, Demir Ismagulov, who, you know, uh, real, real fight fans, um, the guys in like the caucus area, I'm sure they're very familiar with Ismagulov. But in terms of name value and notoriety, Ismagulov definitely not up there. So our, our Arman has a really, really tough tough test that's you know uh high risk kind of a low reward because um i feel i don't know I, uh, this is this is non-fight analysis related stuff um anyway though um you know the boxing here i think favors you're a manager demir. what are you a manager now who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> no no and, and this is good for demir i'm telling you he's this is good for him um the the it's all about the vibes of the matchup but um demir is i i give him the better boxer i think he's going to be landing the jab here armand's striking is good but it's just very kick oriented he has really really good kicks um but i don't think that translates that well to the judges he doesn't land a whole lot of shots to the head he doesn't sit down on his punches he kind of just jabs and body kicks his way on the feet um so i think when they're standing i think that's good for demir i think the more direct offense the jabs the straight punches to the head of demir are just going to be uh more favorable in the eyes of the judges here and uh the grappling here you know these are going to be some uh, amazing exchanges to watch can't wait to see uh who ends up on top of these exchanges um 
I'll, I'll just pass it right to you with this question here, Ozzy. Uh, um, well, actually, I'll let you answer then pass it back to me. But who do you think is more likely to be initiating the offensive takedowns here? Oh, Armin, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think so as I think so as well. But I wouldn't it wouldn't totally shock me to see Ismailov attempting his own. You know, I think I hope not. Really, hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, while, while Sorokin's fresh, he probably does have the tank to to stuff them. Um, but I don't think either guy getting on top here is out of the question. I think it's just a very evenly matched fight. I see it being a 29-28 decision for one of these guys. And in a situation like that, I think it's much easier to make the a bet on the dog at less than 40% than it is to lay the juice on Sarukian uh, as the favorite at almost 65%. So great matchup. Um I hope Ismagulov pulls it off and um uh, I think his I think his odds are a little disrespectful where it is now. So um, I would be looking to play Demir Demir by decision of some sort. Love this fight. You know, uh, obviously, Armin came off a you know great fight last fight. Um, but you know, I did see obviously the grappling there was interesting, and he you know he threw like you said a lot of the great kicks. Right, he's great from the left. Uh, his left kick is really good. He's got a great spinning back kick as well. I feel like you know his hands leave a little bit to be desired. Obviously, if you ask. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Yagos. Yagos would disagree <laughs> that uh that his hands are not great, but um he knocked him out pretty good with a left hook there. But I just feel that the the hand like the fact that he was getting touched up by um what's his name uh Gamrot so easily not a good look I don't think because Gamrot his hands are I I don't think are good um he kind of and and you know it's not as direct and he doesn't control range as well as Demir. Demir's pretty much a master at staying right at that, you know, range outside, kind of like backing up a little bit, you know, as you come in and then kind of like flicking that jab out and kind of continuing to, to to pot shot at you. And he's really good at keeping the same pace of the fight and kind of, you know, racking up activity, racking up volume. Whereas, uh, you know, I think outside, I feel like that's not where Armin is very comfortable at all. So I, I I really like Demir here to keep it close overall. Um, I do think I do I am a little scared about the grappling of um Armin because Demir definitely has not defended takedowns from a guy like Armin, you know, I think in his UFC or definitely in his UFC career, but in his MMA career, not that much either. Um and Armin is pretty skilled with transitioning, you know, takedowns, you know, kind of going to the second and the third positions. But I'm not too sure how well he'll consolidate a position on a guy like Demir, who is pretty well schooled. He has pretty good takedown defense overall. And I feel like the range that he fights within is really a deterrent to, you know, guys getting in on his legs pretty very easily. So I feel like we we might see Armin opt to go to the clinch on a number of occasions, which, you know, you saw that in the Islam fight. And obviously the guy's a super talented grappler overall. Um, but I feel this is a good matchup for Demir. I feel like his strength, his strengths line up pretty well with what Armin likes to do overall. Um, and I feel in the third round, you know, I feel like Demir can be poking at this guy pretty pretty heavily, and I think it's going to be pretty hard for Armin to get a take get take him down in a third round here. Um, you know, uh, what's uh, Demir? You know, he's taller, he's got the height advantage, reach advantage, and I just love what he does at range here overall. Um, so getting him at plus money, although I went against him against uh, with Guram, but getting Demir here at plus money and plus like two twenty on the decision line, I really like. 
Still, you know, I'm going to bet, I'm going to have a Demir ticket. I'm going to split them between those two just because I feel like he is definitely more weighted to winning this by decision. Armin is pretty tough. He hasn't really been hurt uh, overall. Um, I just hope that he doesn't come in there and with a great, like crazy strength uh, advantage. Um, so I feel like I, I re Demir really needs to get off to a good start. I feel, you know, keep the confidence, um, you know, and make Armin desperate for some of those takedowns and then really start to, to link up those, you know, those combinations with the straight punches. But I, I lean towards Demir here overall. Um, and it's just like, you know, in these lightweight fights, like I say numerous times, a lot, most of these guys should not be that too heavily favored over each other. Um, so I'm going to keep, you know, staying on playing the plus money guys at, you know, at the top of this lightweight division. And I feel Demir is a very, very reliable fighter as well. Yeah, because Demir, Demir won his last fight. He probably did deserve to get the decision, but he, even he might not have covered. He might have looked like a slight favorite, minus 130 there. But, I mean, when when you're fighting, you know, two top 15 lightweights against each other, what are the chances one is actually, you know, looking minus 200 and, and, uh, and value at that price? So... Um, main event time, uh, middleweight division, Jared Cannonier, Sean Strickland. Uh, the odds to this one, Cannonier minus 105, Strickland minus 115. You know, near pick them back and forth all week. Man, I don't, I, I have a hard time getting too excited about this fight. I don't know about you, Ozzy, but let's, let, let's hear you shine some light on this one. What are you thinking about this one? I like the fight overall. I mean, you know, you don't like Sean Strickland. I know that for sure. You always shit on his fights. You know, I lean towards Sean Strickland here in this fight. I don't know if it's the best fight to bet, honestly. You know, obviously, it's the last fight on the card, so people last fight want of the year. action on it. Yeah, last fight of the year. Exactly, yeah. Last fight of the year. Um, people are going to want action, but I just I, I just don't like the volume that's out there. The biggest concern is obviously the leg kicks, right? He can leg kick from both with both legs pretty well, right? He can switch to the southpaw stance, you know, leg kick with either leg, obviously from an orthodox stance, he could do that. But I feel like the defense of Sean, sometimes the parrying of the punches is pretty, is something you don't see that often. Like he's going to be able to defend some of these uh, strikes that uh, Jared puts out there. And, you know, Jared, he kind of, you know, the fact that he got dropped, he got dro he's gotten dropped by a lot of guys. Obviously, it's it's over uh, two different weight classes, but he's a lot older. Obviously, you know, he's definitely in great condition. But I just feel that Sean Strickland, if he isn't getting leg kicked to oblivion, should be able to jab uh, um, his way to a win here, racking up the volume, you know, just throwing a bunch of shots. I do think that Jared's power with his hands is a little overrated. Um, and you know, the fact that Kelvin took a lot of his, his leg kicks kind of makes me a little bullish, but I will say that, you know, I did see a limp from, uh, Strickland when he got leg kicked a few times from, uh, Brendan Allen. And that was only after like 10 or 12 leg kicks. So it is a little concerning, but I do lean, I do like Sean Strickland a little bit more. I do think that he might be able to maybe like time and take down here maybe but you can't rely on that obviously so i just i'm not too sure about jared's defense overall if sean is on the front foot here um and jared is like i said does not throw enough for me but i'm i'm not sure i have been saying that i will bet on sean Strickland a little bit but i'm not trying to lay too much juice so if it stays on minus 115 120 i think i'll pass but i'm trying to get an even money ticket on him maybe a little bit of sprinkle on him by decision but I feel like he sh he should be able to rack up a lot of volume on Jared. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much the, the, the common consensus is it's the volume versus, you know, the, the more uh, impactful shots. But, um, man, I feel this fight is a fight where, you know, stats actually might be uh, fairly relevant because these guys have just had a ton of sample size in the UFC. Um, man, Strickland, Strickland only being, you know, 31 is confusing. That guy seems a lot. He seems more like 36. Well, Jared Cannonier doesn't seem 38, does he? I mean, damn. Um, but, you know, the, the, the striking stats here, we have uh, Strickland landing 5.5 strikes per minute, Jared Cannonier landing 3.7. Now, Strickland does absorb more strikes, um, but the differential, he, he lands 1.5 more strikes than he gets hit, while the differential for Cannonier is pretty small. It's only 0.2 strikes. Um, so I, I think that in a fight that it's going to be five rounds, it's going to be a, a striking fight. It's going to likely go into the later rounds and go to the decision. I think a fight with with these stats, I think it's pretty relevant. And I think that backs up the the, the consensus that Ozzy was talking about is just Strickland racking up volume, land, throwing more strikes, likely landing more. Um, he he targets the head while Cannonier is you know look he likes he mixes it up with kicks to the legs and to the body. Um, but as I was saying earlier with some of these fights, I think that like the, the judges, I think the best uh, offense is punches to the head. That's just the the simplest shit to understand. Somehow the judges didn't understand when Jared Bo- Jared Gordon was boxing Patty's head off. But traditionally, I like the guys who who land the more headshots uh, in a striker versus striker matchup, and I think that should be Strickland here. Um, you know, you you could maybe question whether Strickland's coming back too soon from that Pereira knockout. Only been I think what four and a half months, and the guy just spars nonstop. He's been he's had a long career. He's constantly sparring. He just got knocked out. You could be questioning whether he's you know over the hill or his chin's done. I don't think that's a real concern. I think if anything, you should be maybe questioning Cannonier. I mean, he just got done losing the his title fight. He's definitely not going to get another title fight anytime soon. And now he's you know thirty eight. His chances of being a champ or over you know he might be uh have one foot out the door so uh, i think this fight is going to go the full five rounds uh, i think there's value on the fight going the full five rounds i think the most valuable bet is the, the gtd man they have this fight finishing at over 50 percent and i don't think it's nearly that high i think it's like way way lower but if you follow the podcast long term anytime i say a gtd is off by like 10 percent, it always and i tell you when i say always it always fucking loses just like that chris curtis versus uh um buckley gtd in that last that last card oh, don't remind dude, me they're sailing Fuck. they're sailing they're sparring out there God. it's looking like a minus 200 gtd and then buckley gets killed by a flying punch can't believe buckley did that shit bro that was some fuck so shit, stupid buckley. and his i lost listen buckley that was some fucked up shit bro. i lost on buckley live buckley decision goes the distance man that, that one hurt all right that's enough about this card best bet of the week time last one of 2022 um who's going first here who's who's going first you go bro let it rip bro all right well let me see i have man i I don't want to pick something safe the safest bet is the gtd in the uh, the Armand and Demir fight, but I'm not picking one. I'll go with the GTD in the main event. Honestly, minus one twelve on Fanduel. Give it to me. Um, what's what's going to be yours? So I was looking at a few totals here. You know, I, like I said, I like the Journey Newsom fight to go over, go the, go the distance. 
Um, you know, I like the Dober fight as well. Um, to to go over. Um, like that might be. I feel like a, a few too many people kind of kind of are on that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna swerve that. Put the Journey Newsom fight to go uh to go over two and a half or no go the distance, ninety five or whatever. I don't know if that is available at whatever book you're gonna say. I'll take that, but I, I, you know, I got a few. I mentioned a few of the money line sides that I like. I like a bunch of those, but I like that over. I think the most at current pricing because a few of the, the those other ones. Wait, which one is it? Like over or GTD? Of, excuse me, uh, GTD. Okay. Um. So we'll use a worse line for mine because it's just not available on Fanduel yet. Um. Minus one thirty for mine, and then minus one thirty five for yours comes out to plus two hundred eight. Two fights going the distance i think honestly it's going to be a, a gtd type of card um last fight last card the paper you had a ton of finishes a lot of late round knockouts i think it had 10 finishes right out of 12 fights i think we're going to be looking at more like eight eight to ten uh decisions here hopefully so that'll do I think it i'm gonna have a good i'm gonna have a pretty good amount of action on this card overall i think i'm only gonna have a, a medium medium one I'm uh I'm up like I'm only up like six units on the year. I gotta stay I gotta stay above float. What about you? I don't even know. I didn't look from last year. Obviously, lost brutal losing. I thought Buckley decision was gonna cash. I thought no easy. I was like Jared easy. And it's like how do you lose all three? Like that is just bad variance right there. Like bad I don't var- be negative the variance. Bad variance guy. But that nah, was nah, insane. Nah. Like to not hit any of those three was pretty crazy. I thought. I just have to not lose five point one units, and uh, I will be in the profit on the year. Can't believe Ponzinibbio won that fucking fight last week. That was a bummer. I actually live bet Ponzinibbio, so I, I, I it was it wasn't that bad. Could have took that me. motherfucker down, Morono. Take that motherfucker down. All right, that's enough. We'll uh we'll be back. Uh, maybe we'll do like an end of the year recap podcast if Ozzy's available. The guy's schedule is you know packed months in advance. We had to schedule this podcast months uh, ahead of time, so we'll see if we can uh, maybe do that. Um, but uh, if not, it's been a great 2022. I will be live on Spaces probably um for the card live on Saturday. Any closing thoughts here, Ozzy? Oh, it's a good card and uh. You know, hope uh, let's get some good breaks this week as opposed to last. That's true. That's true. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hope you all win some bets and enjoy the fights this weekend. We'll see you all in the year 2023. Peace out, everyone.